Hello and welcome to Blind Tag, the movie review show for people who don't watch movies. I'm your Siskel, Rondal Villano. Uh, and I'm your Ebert, Matt Raddick. What's going on here, Ron? Uh, as you know, uh, faithful listeners, the premise of our show is that we review movies that we haven't seen. <laughs> and so this week we'll be talking about the as-of-yet-untitled Transformers film. Oh, okay. Yeah, Matt, why right. don't you get okay, us yeah, started? Yeah, we do every week. Why don't you get us started? What are your thoughts on the uh, new Transformers film? A little bit of background. It's a spinoff about mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. character Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And what are your thoughts about this movie we haven't seen? Well, well, to, to give our listeners some background, the, the, the premise of the film is that it, it's actually a prequel to the Transformers films. It takes place in the 1980s, and uh, the, the, the protagonist is a, is a young woman. I'm, the, the, the name of the actress that is playing her is escaping me, but she discovers a, an old beat-up VW Beetle that turns out is, uh, is more than meets the eye. Uh, yeah, I'd like to also mention that you did more research into this, and you're just really pulling this bit together. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think you'd you'd be there <laughs> long. I, I didn't think you'd me, be along for the ride with me. Uh, yeah. So who, um, who's your favorite character? Who's my favorite character? Yeah. In, in the Transformers movie franchise? No, in this uh, particular movie that oh, we in, haven't seen in yet. In this particular movie that yeah. we haven't seen yet. Well. Well, we did get an advanced screener copy. Uh, so. But we didn't watch it. But we didn't watch it. We just kind of looked. We just kind of, you know, looked at the at the box art on it, and uh, there's a there's a there's a credit to uh, to one one John Cena on it, and Mr. John, Mr. Cena. John Cena. Now, now, Ron, tell me a little bit more about the character. Tell well, tell the people at home a little bit more about the character that John Cena is playing. Well, you see, John Cena plays. Uh, he's like Bumblebee, except mm-hmm. instead he transforms into like a, a big rig. Oh, so okay. more of like an Optimus Prime type character. Sure, sure. Except when he transforms into it, he's still like a living man, mm. and so okay. he just kind of tears apart. His 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 <laughs> flesh body kind, into of, a, kind of tears apart. Right. Now is it is it kind of like a like a his his like a fleshy his, truck. Yeah. Like a but, fleshy, bony, bloody truck. Well, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is that does he die in the process or does he just grow like a very, very long esophagus that is the no, that no, is no. the back of a big rig truck? He doesn't die, but he becomes a truck mm-hmm. and then when he transforms back into a human, then he's dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's so very just, dead. So this is kind of like a one time a one time deal for him. Right. It's just kind of a That's like why a, and which explains why he's not in the other movies because this is oh, a prequel. Of this is a prequel. Yes, and so that explains it. It explains it perfectly. From man um, to truck to man once, and then is just dead. Sure, sure. So just kind of a pile of I, pile of guts. I, I imagine that the, that you know the movie kind of culminates in in John Cena's truck body having to make the sort of ultimate sacrifice in order to save this little girl. Um, what what it, remind me again? What exactly happened? What what was that? What was the moment that caused? John Cena would have to transform from a truck and back into his flesh body in order to... Killing himself John Cena to save said, this little girl. John Cena said, my career is over. <laughs> he turned back into a man to die. <laughs> oh, boy. With his, with, his, with his last dying words, he yeah. said, the champ is not here. Do you think there's a scene where uh, Bumblebee pees on John Cena? Oh boy, I hope so. You know that you know you know our man John Cena is into those into those golden showers. Oh God, that, that's on the record. There's there were some tapes from Russia from his times in Russia. You is know. it Rusev? <laughs> yeah, Rusev, Rusev is, was a. Uh, was uh, bugging John Cena's hotel room uh, on Russia's, or on, I'm sorry, on John Cena's WWE stint in Russia when they were doing the. So you the think Russia they're gonna? Tour. You think they're gonna bring back the classic bit where uh, mm-hmm. Bumblebee pees on John Turturro, except this time it's John Cena. John, well, I, I didn't realize it was John Turturro before. I, I can't say that I know who John I've, Turturro is. I've only uh, Barton Fink. Mm, I've only seen the first Transformers movie. Mm. Did you know that I saw the first Transformers movie at midnight, Ron? Like on the premiere, like on the premiere, I, I saw fucking it, pumped. I saw it like on a television at somebody's home because I didn't pay to see any of those <laughs> fucking movies. I think I paid to see the first two. I cer- I know I paid for the fir- to see the first one. It was I was I was quite excited about it. In fact, uh, but boy, was I let down. Yeah, they're all real bad. They're uh, all real bad movies. But you know, you have to give props to to Michael Bay, executive producer of the of the of the Transformers movie franchise, for really tying all those threads together. Like, who would have the foresight to write a character for john cena in your prequel movie that could effectively be written out before any of the other movies took place because you know 
everybody's going to be clamoring to say, well, like, it's, it's John Cena. Like, why would you not include him in the rest of your movies? And he's like, well, because a he's a fleshy man truck and he is now dead. He's dead. He's dead. Poor John Cena. He died. One more movie I want to talk about Are real we, quick. I don't know if we've really dived deeply enough into the physiological process of John Cena turning okay, into a man listen. truck. So he... Just, I want to know what his ta- what the what He's the a man, is. and he kind of... Have you seen uh, An American Werewolf in London? Uh, I have not. There's a, the scene, the first scene where our, the protagonist turns into a werewolf. Now, it's is all... the protagonist in that movie, is it the werewolf or is it London? Uh, it's the werewolf. Oh, okay. Or werewolf, as you would say if you were in London. Mm. Or maybe in, you know, New Zealand. But the, the first transformation scene in that movie is very, um, it's very visceral. Mm-hmm. And it's, I can imagine. It's, it's a movie that actually portrays the transformation as being painful because you got to consider, like, your bones are actually mm, changing and stuff. yeah. And it's all uh, practical Kinda effects. like how they do on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Something you know? like that. Uh, it's all practical effects, too. And so it's... Uh, it's very uh, grim, and uh, it's a difficult scene to watch. Is that a? Oh, I don't know if the werewolf is a, is a brother's grim thing. I was gonna say I was gonna say pun intended, but I don't I don't think that I don't think so. Okay, anyway. it could be. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, my point is that John Cena goes undergoes a similar transformation mm-hmm, where he mm-hmm. kind of starts screaming, mm-hmm. and he's down on all fours, and his. Uh, his arms just swell up and expand, like his forearms to tires, and mm-hmm. then his mm-hmm. uh, his shins do the same thing for the back wheels. Yeah, uh, his spine just kind of expands and extends. Okay, okay. So that I'm, he's I'm like a like a tr- he's like a truck. Okay, but like one that you wouldn't see. It's it's like a truck that like a child would draw. Okay, where it's okay, just sort sure. of a box yeah. uh-huh. with wheels. And then the very front, uh, it's his face, his neck, and his neck expands so that mm-hmm. his face is actually the width of the rest of his body, mm-hmm. and uh, his face just sort of st- <laughs> his face just sort of stretches out, uh-huh. and so it's like a like a fucking tiki mask kind of, <laughs> and it's like real flat <laughs> top top to bottom, <laughs> and it's John Cena's face in just a really grim. Just grin. Yeah. Just stretch it, it just across look, it as looks the grill like of the a, truck. If you if you tried to take like a, a shitty John Cena like Halloween mask and just tried to put it on an actual truck. And it right. just it just yeah. kind of stretches just all stre- of the features. Sort of like if uh if you took a normal size photograph of John Cena and sure. put it on a car bra <laughs> and then stretch the car bra across the front of a vehicle. Right, right. That's what his face looks like. And then when he transforms back into a man, uh-huh. he just doesn't. He just turns into a, a pile of, of guts because he's completely just eviscerated from the inside out. Just, just all his. He's just left as a as a pile of blood and organs on on the floor. I, said, I do think that you're his, safe now, little girl. It's time for me to die. It's time for <laughs> me to die. I think his face remains though. It's just it's just like it can't go back. It can't. It can't. <laughs> it's too. It's it too is, far gone. It's his stretched out face just on top of this pile of blood and and organs and hustle and loyalty and respect, which you can then use as a real car bra. Then you can use as a real car bra. Uh, I think I, you mentioned that it kind of looks like as if a child were to were to depict a truck. That's right. kind of what John Cena looks like. It's like a cube. That that really reminded me of sort of the 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 way that John Cena, you know, enters this movie. You see, because the lead actress in in this Transformers spin-off about Bumblebee is Haley Steinfeld. Uh, Steinfeld, excuse me. Uh, she was born in 1996. So oh, you took the time to look it up and still get it wrong. She's kind of a she's kind of a younger I just forgot an I. <laughs> Forgive me. Yeah, she was in I looked uh... it up, I didn't say my reading comprehension was great. She was in what, Ron? Do tell. Uh she was the little girl mm-hmm. in uh, I looked it up earlier. True grit? True Grit, yeah, yeah that's a right. great movie. It is the is the first line of this uh, Wikipedia article that I'm that's looking the one at. One I read. Anyway, but as she is a younger a younger child, a younger person, how old is someone who's born in 1996? They're 21 now. Boy, that's wild. Life comes at you very fast. Yeah. Anyway, so she's not that young, but as with most Hollywood pictures, uh, you know they have older people playing people that are a little bit younger. So the reason that John Cena becomes a truck man is that uh, Haley grants or asks for a make a wish. As, as and, and John Cena, ever ever one to grant a Make-A-Wish, decides, yes, I will undergo the process to become a car man. And and because of this, he just, Haley just kind of show, shows up with her drawing, and she has cancer, and she's dying, and she says, will you make John Cena look like this truck man? And sure enough, John Cena be, becomes that child's drawing of a truck. That, he saves her life. 
and risks and 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 risks his own. It was it was the ultimate the ultimate wish was made. The thing that I thought was crazy, like you said, they always pick actors who are older to play younger. Right. Sure. Uh, John Cena is actually a high schooler in this, and he goes to the same high school as Haley. Mm. Is, is this that, kind of is this kind of like a like a? It sounds like this is not just a not just a spinoff of the Transformers series, but also kind of a spinoff of Kurt Angle Homecoming, the the classic you know eighties style right, yeah. sort of rom com comedy film about a kid about a Kurt Angle having exactly. to go back to high school this and is a, going a, to homecoming a teen dramedy it's teen like a high dramedy. school musical starring yeah. john Ooh, cena it's a musical interesting as, as a dead as truck <laughs> and Haley steinfeld as a as a as a disturbed a disturbed tween with horrible wishes to make yeah he actually scares the cancer out of him <laughs> <laughs> just by being a monster man truck and that's what we learned that the that the the cancer was inside all of us all along <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> The real cancer was friendship. <laughs> oh, boy. The real cancer is casting a WWE star in a fucking Transformers movie. The real cancer is this fucking podcast. Uh, th- like I said, there's another movie I want to talk about real quick. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry uh, to get you off track. Can we discuss uh, Armed Response? Uh, may- sure. You'll have to tell me a little bit more. Okay. So this is another one that we haven't seen, but we're ready to review. Mm-hmm. So this is... Here, let me read this. Yeah, when I uh, said tell me more, I meant just uh, tell literally. people more. Because I, I obviously was prepared for this segment. Well, the Wikipedia page is outdated. Because okay. it says okay. Armed Response is an upcoming action horror film. Okay. But it actually dropped yesterday. Oh, So we have no excuse for having not seen this. Truly. Uh, this stars Wesley Snipes. Okay. Anne Hesh. Dave mm. Annabelle. Okay. Right. And uh, Seth Rollins. Interesting. Uh, the now, film see, is... There's, there's one name I know amongst those people. Oh, wait, no, I Wesley know Wesley Snipes. Snipes. You don't know who the fuck Wesley Snipes is? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Uh, so the film is produced by Erebus Pictures, uh-huh. a collaboration between WWE Studios And I'm waiting and with bated breath on this last line. WWE Studios and Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons! Uh, they produced a action horror film starring Wesley Snipes and Seth Rollins. That together. is incredible. Uh, let's let's take a look at the plot here, just to kind of give our give our listeners some insight. Well, what do you what do you think this movie is about? What do I think this? Okay, that's a, that's a, yeah. that's a better question. Okay, so it's a it's an action horror film. Do you think it's about a team of trained operatives who find themselves trapped inside an isolated military compound? Yeah, and you know, I think it, it might be they're trapped inside the isolated military compound after right. its artificial intelligence is suddenly shut down. Oh shit! So there. it's like Smart House, right? Exactly, kind of like a like a like Alexa gone gritty, crazy, gritty remake of Smart, Smart House. House. Yeah, there within that that isolated military compound. They begin to experience strange and horrific phenomena as they attempt to uncover what killed the previous team. Do you think it was Seth Rollins? It was Seth Rollins. He he went into the warehouse. He destroyed all of the memorabilia, and then he laid a bunch of oh, you know, sort of this is the, Home Alone-style uh, booby traps for Wesley Snipe and his team of trained operatives. So Armed Response is actually just a, like an hour-and-a-half-long trailer for WWE it's, 2K18? It's, it's the postquel for WWE 2K18, if you will. Man, not, not necessarily the prequel, but more the postquel. Postquel, yeah, post-quel. I understood what you meant. Okay, sure. Uh, I'm glad you said it again, though. Yeah, you know, I just really want to make sure. What the fuck was Gene Simmons doing on this project? And also, what is Erebus Pictures? Because the only thing I can think of with Erebus is that fucking haunted house in Detroit, Michigan, or right. Pontiac. Or and this is an action horror film, so it was probably filmed in the Erebus. So it's probably house. filmed in the yeah. It's all. It's also just like a a, a long form advertisement for for Erebus House of Horror or whatever the hell it's called. Let me reread the sentence in full. Okay, sure. The film is produced by Erebus Pictures, comma. A collaboration between WWE Studios and Gene Simmons, period. So I believe that, so that Erebus Pictures is a production company that is a collaborative project between the WWE and Mr. Gene Simmons. And that would lead me to believe that this is sort of an ongoing collaborative project in which we can expect more movies from the, from the team of WWE Studios and Gene Simmons. The really interesting thing is that on this Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. Erebus Pictures is not a highlighted link. Oh, there is one, though. There, Hang on. Okay, all right. Let me see. Production Here we go. Company. Uh, oh, when you click it, it just takes you to the Wikipedia page for Gene Simmons. <laughs> Well, I, I am finding a, a link here at the bottom of, of this Wikipedia article, and it says that dated in uh, June of 2018, it's a, it's a press release from WWE.com, it says, WWE Studios' Gene Simmons joined forces to launch Erebus Pictures. Uh, and I would just like to point out the, the delicious uh, cover photo that they use for this article of one Gene Simmons. Oh, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Just looking real, just a, a sweet, you know, 400-pixel JPEG of... Uh, <laughs> 
Gene Simmons backlit in no makeup, in no makeup, wearing sunglasses and looking like yeah. a real tough guy. He's not in makeup on his uh, his dedicated Wikipedia page either. True, that you know that's really that's it really is a photo from 2012 though. Interesting, interesting boy. Oh yeah, looks like I'm I'm looking at this now. It looks like they've got a whole bunch of other films slated. They've got a a movie called Temple that is a. Also in the works. Did you know that WWE also does two wrestling programs weekly? Oh, really? Does it? Yeah. And I think it's time that we maybe talk about some of that. Is it finally time that we talk about that? I mean, it's been... It's been now two and a half weeks since we've talked about any actual wrestling content. So, and it's been know. sixteen and a half minutes of this episode. Oh boy! Until well, we've that was about... that was the half I was giving us, but yeah. but yeah, I suppose it's finally time we 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 check in, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Sixteen minutes later, welcome to the podcast within a podcast. It's called Blind Tag. Welcome to Blind Tag, welcome. the wrestling show for people who don't watch wrestling. I'm your co-host Rondo Vellano, and I'm your co-host Matt Raddick. Like the modern day Maharaja like rising the from the Punjabi prison, we've returned. To you, Punjabi prison. Ron has ascended from the slums of San Diego and uh, has returned to to the podcast studio. This is great. It's the first time we've been in the studio. We tried Short. to be in the studio earlier this week, but that we had some technical difficulties. We did. They were still still a mystery, but yeah, we are here now and we are recording now. So hopefully, hopefully you hear works. this episode on Monday when we are launching it. You want to talk about that first before we get into it? Yeah, let's talk about that. So, Ron and I have been been chatting a little bit, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna change things up a little bit in in the world of blind tag. Uh, by now, you have you have gotten used to your familiar your familiar voices of of Matt and Ron appearing in your ear holes every Friday, uh, probably in the in the morning. I that's when the podcast goes up, and I assume that you're listening to it immediately. Uh, but we're gonna change that up a little bit. We are gonna start putting out our episodes on Monday instead. Maybe you'll you'll give you'll give the old episode a listen before you tune into Monday Night Raw on Monday. Catch up on all things happened last week and uh, get get some yucks. We also along figured the way. if the point of this show is that you don't need to watch wrestling to That's stay true. up to date, to stay abreast of all the wrestlers mm-hmm. and their breasts. Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't fucking matter when you listen yeah, to it. Yeah, that is true. That is also a very good point. And it gives us more time to record it and edit it and put it out and make it good. Yeah, it will also make our lives infinitely easier and less stressful. So uh, hopefully you don't mind too terribly much. Yeah, uh, so the, yeah. the current plan is new episodes Monday morning. And then uh, we're discussing if there is a pay per view event the right. week. Right. That week we'll put the episode out on Sunday morning. So you can listen to it, get the recap. We'll go down the card and then. Uh, Later in the day, you can watch uh, a, a pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you don't mind. Uh, if you do, let us know. We're probably not going to change it because we made a decision. But, you know, if you want to feel heard, you can you can contact us. Just remember, it's our show. It's our show, So if you it. have a problem with the format... We don't give a shit. Like Vince McMahon, to all of your complaints over all the many years, we don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. It's our show. It's true. Um, but speaking of pay-per-views and, and episodes that would come out of pay-per-views, we do have a, a pretty big pay-per-view coming up, and uh, and the old card is starting to starting to take shape. So I think we got we kind of got some catching up to do to figure out what's going on there. Uh, should we should we start talking about SummerSlam and and what's going on? We are officially in SummerSlam season. SummerSlam season. I, I can I tell think by the sweat a... cooling in my uh, on my back that we are officially in SummerSlam season. Uh, we're going to have at least another episode or two that before SummerSlam Slam actually happens. But the card is starting to get pretty uh, pretty filled out. It's true. We've had some some seeing the makings of what SummerSlam can and will be. That is true. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing that has that has kind of shaken up uh, and and taken form has been. It's almost like they're you know they're. They're sifting for gold. They're panhandling, and they're they're sifting through, and they're finally finding the nuggets that'll be their their matches. And the largest of those nuggets, in this wonderful metaphor, is the fatal four way match. For I the wasn't Universal sure title. if you were like trying to reference something, like do a gold dust thing. No, no, no like, I the, was, like, I like, was the, just... like the like the like the 49ers, like right? The 18 yeah, 49ers the football who team. came and who came and found gold in in, mm. in San Francisco. Yeah, you know, like the gold rush. Yeah. It's a deep cut. I'm sorry. I was I was trying to. I I usually have trouble keeping up with the wrestling references, and this one I was. To my knowledge, there has not been a uh, a prospector gimmick in the WWE, but you know it's more of a uh, Scooby Doo kind of more, thing. more of a Scooby Doo kind of villain. Anyway, um, so let's talk about that Fatal Four Way match. When we last left 
our listeners. This match was definitely kind of shaping up, and we were kind of thinking this was going to be the pay- the case. But uh, two weeks ago, Kurt Angle made it official. We're having a fatal four-way match between Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, and Brock Lesnar for the Universal title at SummerSlam. Kind of your marquee event at SummerSlam. It's going to be a big damn deal. Yeah. I mean, it's... It, it, eh, it'll... I don't know. These these matches where it's always just the biggest boys, they're either yeah. real interesting yeah. or real not. Yeah. I mean, I have said before, and I stand by the fact that I think Brock Lesnar is particularly good in these multi-man matches, and I think he's a, he's um, he's used really well in these kinds of things because it gives... He's such a huge threat, and they try and book him and make him out to be such a huge threat that like any kind of match that he's in, if it's not a sort of squash match. It doesn't really make sense with his character. What's a squash match? A squash match is, is uh, basically any Braun Strowman match. That's not with Roman Reigns, where, you know, you, you face someone and then you just immediately destroy them, uh, throw them in a dumpster and push them down and down a flight of stairs. Well, you it. thought Samoa Joe might beat him. I did. That's true. But, I mean, looking at the way that that match was booked, um, he did end up... He did... It, that was kind of a squash match. Not really, but, like... I mean, if you remember how that match was booked, like, Samojo came out and, like, got some moves in on him before the bell rang. But then once the match started, Samojo got some offense in, but eventually Brock took over, suplexed him, like, four times, hit him with an F5 and won. Took him to Suplex City. Took him to Suplex City, bitch. bitch. And, yeah, I mean, if, if you'll recall, it didn't really seem like it was a, an enormous struggle for Brock Lesnar. But by introducing two other people and so making it a not a one-on-one match, you can have this sort of story where, um, you know, the, the three other people gang up on Brock Lesnar, eliminate him for a time, and then, then go, go about their business. Maybe Brock Lesnar shows up later or maybe someone else gets the win. But it, it allows Brock Lesnar to still look strong in a match and still look like the unbeatable beast. But... So if we're anticipating... Everybody else just teaming up on him and sure, kind of right. getting rid of him, making him not part of the picture. Isn't Brock also anticipating that? I mean, you would think that. Isn't Paul Heyman anticipating that? I mean, you would you would think that. Because he said it. Well, he did say that, <laughs> yes. Um, I, th- I thought you were more alluding to the to the strategy of the match, but... Um, well, but yes. well, I mean, I kind of thought about that, like... Right. Of course, you'd want to get rid of the one guy who's like an actual threat to everyone else yeah, so, in the match. So Braun Strowman. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Of course. But yeah, yeah. You, I mean, thinking like logically how you would do this in a competition, like I don't know, it would probably make sense to like gang up on on the strongest person and eliminate him first, so that you can all kind of duke it out and figure it out. And that's that's the way they book a lot of these sort of like multi man matches and things like that. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, there's there's some other elements at play here. Uh, Partially the fact that there's a lot of rumors and speculation going around that Brock Lesnar might be leaving WWE again to go fight in the UFC. And I mean, in particular, because a UFC fighter called out Brock Lesnar directly and was like, hey, I would like to fight you. I miss that. Yeah. Uh, John Jones, who is the, I don't know fucking shit about UFC, so I don't know who, what kind of championships He's there the, are and stuff uh, like that. the fruit punch guy, right? Uh, couldn't couldn't possibly tell John you. John Jones, he did the, uh, he led that, uh, I'm thinking of Jim Jones. What are you, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh... That's worth a Google. <laughs> is this a cult thing? Is this a cult reference? Oh, man. Way to kill a joke, Matt. Uh, so there was a cult leader named Jim Jones oh, okay. who uh, got all of his followers to drink some Kool-Aid. That's where the term drinking, drinking the, the Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid comes yeah. from. See, and uh, it was basically a mass suicide, but uh, yeah. the, the followers didn't know it. And also, I used to work with a guy who was in a band called uh, Jim Jones Party Mix. <laughs> And uh, I bought a, a shirt from him, and it was uh, the Kool Aid Man. Was that, on oh it. man, that's great. Yeah, that's a pretty good gag. Pretty grim. That's a good, good gag. A good grim gag. So John Jones. So John Jones, who is an actual UFC fighter and some kind of champion. I think I heard that he was like the light heavyweight champion or something like that. The light heavyweight champion wants to fight that. Brock Lesnar. Exactly. I don't understand how these things work at all. I think that might be a difference of like twenty pounds, but I don't. I don't really understand. Maybe Brock Lesnar is light for the for the UFC. I don't know. I feel like he's big for everything. I think he's big for this world. He's too big for this. He's too this, big. This universe. This uh, this dimension. Um. Anyway, so John Jones called him out after winning the championship and was like, "Yo, Brock Lesnar, I want to fight you or whatever." And I think Brock Lesnar didn't just say no. And I think he may have said something that was kind of like, "Yeah, I would fight him" or something like that. And then there's a lot of like some speculation going around that he re-entered the drug testing pool, which is something that he needs to do because he failed his last drug test for his last UFC match. Really? Yeah. So he needs to be in the testing pool for six months and be clean for six months. Otherwise, he can't fight. So there's there's some speculation uh, and some rumors flying around that he re-entered that pool. 
therefore that he would be re-entering UFC and having some kind of fight. And, and, and so this leads to all this sort of like speculation and rumors going around. And this led to Paul Heyman's promo on Monday night this week. Right. And this is fucking me up because I didn't know this. So yeah. Paul Heyman's promo was basically him saying, hey, all your, uh, hey, Kurt, all your guys are going to gang up on my guy. Yeah. Yep. And then he's going to lose the title and it's totally well, fixed and, and it's, it's bullshit. It, it's not even that. It, it's it's Paul Heyman was accusing Kurt Angle of saying that he needs to that that Kurt is, is facing facing pressure from the sort of powers that be to get the championship off of Brock Lesnar. Right. And so this was Kurt Angle's great idea of how he can how he can get the title off Brock Lesnar, which is just that, like this kind of stuff is so fucking fascinating to me because th- th- this might actually be what is going on behind the scenes. They might be like if Brock Lesnar is leaving us to go fight in the UFC. We can't have the championship on him, so we need to get it off of him, but we need to make it happen in a legitimate way. So that could be what's happening behind right. the scenes. And then Paul Heyman is just like... Re- I didn't realize that. Yeah, and yeah. Paul, Paul threatened if Brock loses the title, him and Brock are, are walking. They're not yeah. going to be part of the WWE anymore. Right. And so, of course, my thought was... Well, yeah, of course they're not going to take the title from him. But now that I know this is going on, then they yeah. probably will. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's the thing that, that now I'm. I mean, it's 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 crazy because SummerSlam is like two weeks away, but it's it's still feels a little too soon to say for me. But I'm I'm kind of thinking that that Brock's going to lose it at SummerSlam, which is which is crazy. Who do you and think will win it? I think Joe, honestly. I think it's too soon to put it on Roman. I, I think, think it's going to be the revenge of Samoa Joe. Yeah, I think it's like it's like if Brock Lesnar is going to be out of the picture for a while, I feel like that just takes all of their plans for the next six months kind of like off the table. And so it's like, why not just hit a hard reset on everything and do something totally unexpected? Put it on someone that like they didn't think that was going to be there. I mean, last year at SummerSlam, uh, Finn Balor won the Universal title. He was the first ever Universal champion. He beat Seth Rollins and. Um, after that, he got injured. He got injured in that match. Right, right. And so what they did basically the, in the next couple of weeks is they put the title on Kevin Owens, which um, everyone was kind of surprised by, or at least I remember being kind of surprised. Well, fuck. I mean, the way that they booked the match was that Triple H betrayed Seth Rollins and gave uh, Kevin Owens the win. So it was definitely a sort of unexpected move. Um, and I think it was just kind of like a... like. When the WWE, when their backs are up against the wall and they have, like, no idea what they're going to do, I feel like sometimes they opt to do the unexpected thing, which is kind of cool. And I still think that their ultimate plan is, you know, the the sort of ultimate coronation of Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this year um, by him winning the Universal title there. So I don't think they're going to put it on him just yet. I think it's too soon for Braun Strowman. And frankly, I think the two of them could kind of just continue their feud for a while. So I think why not give it to Samoa Joe? Why not give it to someone interesting and unexpected and not a left field? So, Fatal 4-Way is one of the big events that we're leading up to at SummerSlam. You're very excited about it. Yeah, I really can't stress enough how, like, this is, like, the the most interesting kind of storyline that WWE does for me. This whole sort of blurring the lines of what's real and what's fake with with Brock Lesnar. Like, I have no idea what's going on here. I I don't know how much of this is just, like, like, people pumping rumors kind of into the into the universe to try and make people believe something. I don't know how much this is actually like Brock Lesnar is considering leaving the WWE. I know that his contract was for a year uh, from WrestleMania. And so technically he's supposed to be, uh, you know, he's supposed to be under contract until after this coming WrestleMania. But it's just like the fact that he is this legitimate athlete, the fact that he does have this UFC career, the fact that he's been back and forth between the two so many times, um, it really just leads to so much sort of like misdirection and uncertainty about what the WWE is doing and what's actually going on here. And it's the, just the most fucking kind of fascinating storyline they can do. Um, and I love it. I'm really, I'm really excited for it. I, I don't love Brock Lesnar as a wrestler, but what he brings to WWE, the like the realism that he brings to it, and the sort of mystery and intrigue uh, is such a great asset, and I'm 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 glad that they're working it into the SummerSlam storylines. There's Fair my enough. two cents there. Yeah, there you go. But there are other matches at SummerSlam. There are other matches at SummerSlam. So yeah, let's move over to the let's move over to the SmackDown side of things. Uh, talk about the SmackDown main event. There's been kind of a lot of development in that world and i'd say also some unexpected development absolutely i wasn't uh i didn't see this coming from a mile away at all so this week there was a a uh a once in a lifetime match between john cena and shinsuke nakamura uh which was pretty pretty wild hopefully there will be a twice in a lifetime match with them but uh this was to determine the the number one contender to 
uh, Jinder Mahal's spoiler alert WWE Championship because yeah. uh, because if you if you somehow didn't hear the WWE Battleground results from like two weeks ago, Jinder Mahal retained his championship in the Punjabi prison match. Uh, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Because <laughs> my biggest... I my, mean, first of all, I feel like we should just mention quickly that Battleground was a very forgettable show, except for kind of like this yeah. being a thing, and then also a really great match from the Usos in the New Day. But, my but biggest, yeah, let's talk about this. My biggest complaint about Jinder is that they just won't let him win a fucking match without yeah. interference. Yeah. And so this whole thing was like, oh, we're in the... We're in the Punjabi prison, and so the the Singh brothers can't be there. And then halfway through the match, they climb out from under the fucking yeah. apron. Yeah, and they're there. And then the uh, the other big surprise, there Randy <laughs> is a very big, surprise. very big surprise uh, in in name and in stature. Uh, Randy is climbing up the the outer cage of the Punjabi prison, uh-huh. halfway Looking to up to take the victory. Yeah, he was about to win, and then uh, he's halfway up the cage, and none other than uh, the big Kali comes back from the dead. The big Kali, also known as the Great Kali. The Great Kali, by, that's uh, funny. By most people. <laughs> <laughs> by most people that aren't wrong. The enormous Kali. <laughs> the very large Kali. Uh, yeah. The not-so-small Kali comes out, and he... Uh, <laughs> He cli- He very slowly comes out because I assume he can't move much faster than that. Man, that man's face is... He's uh, got a hell yeah. of a chin. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, I think he... He looks like a petrified banana. <laughs> Boy. Like just a rock solid... Well, before you dive too deep down this wheel, I, well, I believe that part of the reason his face looks like that is because of some, some medical conditions. Um, I could be... Yeah, he has a... He has a, a an oversized pituitary gland, which has caused him to develop a little bit differently than most people. Well, but if you'd like to keep, I'm also fun a of bastard. Really well, there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, the the uh, he the, also meditates every day. And he the pretty good Kali comes out. Okay, and the pretty uh, good Kali. He slowly climbs halfway up the outside of the Punjabi prison, grabs Randall Orton by the throat, and it's worth noting that <laughs> the great Kali's hand is just about the size of Randy Orton. Yeah. And so it looks almost comical. Him it's almost just, as if he's kind of like grabbing him around the chest, almost as right. if you would with it's one of your so, action figures. So big. Yeah. Um, but he just kind of holds Randy Orton there, stuck on the other, uh, stuck on the interior of the Punjabi prison. Yeah. And then... Nowhere uh, to run, nowhere to hide. Jinder Mahal climbs up and over and, and wins it. There, yes. That, after that, much interference. After after much interference, not just both Singh brothers, but also the great Kali, and then only then and only then could he he get the victory. I mean, I see your point about about Jinder needing to win a match clean. I, I understand. Just that. legitimize it. I understand, but he's also just booking. He, like he is one hundred percent a straight heel. Well, that I can't even say that with it with with certainty because like he's he's a face to all of India and the entire Indian audience. Um, and, the, and the way that they talk about him in sort of Indian publications and stuff like that is that he's not a heel. So it, it, it is a little bit weird. It's a little bit of a, a, a gray area, especially I think when like Randy Orton is not exactly a clear baby face either. It would be great for him to get a legitimate win. I don't disagree with you there in the slightest. But yeah, I mean, Great Kali's back. That's kind of cool. Okay, here's the other thing about the Great Kali. Mm-hmm. I was looking into him. Because I was like, oh, is he actually, did he make a return? Because he left because he had, there were like drug things or whatever, right? He was, wasn't he removed from the WWE because oh, of... Oh, yeah, previously. Uh, well, he was not removed. He was suspended. Um, okay. So, yeah, we talked about this. The original Punjabi prison match was not, it was it was the Great Khali's match, but he was not in it because he was, uh, he violated the wellness policy of WWE. Gotcha. Uh, violated the wellness policy, How? Uh, they generally don't go into details, and I don't know for sure, but given the era and the other people that were uh, charged at the same time, it was probably steroids. Okay, yeah. yeah. So wellness is, he was doing too well. Yeah, um, he was doing a little too well. Well, I, I, well, I, I looked into this today because I was like, oh, great Kali, is he back? Mm-hmm. Apparently he was, he appeared on the WWE's active roster on their website. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And like the next day, he was taken off. Yeah. So yeah, so I was not. really confused by that too. Like I, I thought like he would kind of be a part of this. I thought like right, at least through SummerSlam, through this title match right, or right. whatever. Well, and like the way all things were going, and the the thing that we've kind of been predicting for a long time would happen is that John Cena was going to come to take the 
you, the fucking heavyweight championship back for America from from this foreigner. Right. And I think John Cena's work some matches with Great Khali, so I was like, they could they kind of like dive down that well and do some stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, they're apparently not making Khali a part of all stuff, and well, apparently they're not making John Cena a part of the heavyweight championship picture either. Right, because he lost his match he to Shinsuke Nakamura to Shinsuke. this week. So he beat Rusev. He beat okay, yeah. So uh, the uh, Russian Bulgarian, yes, the, the Russian flag Bulgarian match. Rusev. The yeah, this was a, this was also a battleground. They had a flag match, which was had was some long. nice moments, but was a little too long oh and a little too much of a slog. Anyway, anyway, then uh, we came to this week, and he had a match against Shinsuke Nakamura, and he artist. lost. Yeah, and he lost. He lost clean to Shinsuke Nakamura, which yeah. is not something that John Cena does very often. Is is lose? Um, there was a he moment. Does not lose clean. There was a oh, moment God, in this yeah. match there that was we a moment. need to discuss. Yeah. John Cena got dropped on his goddamn fucking neck during this match because I I, I think this is the thing with John. You and I, we, we've talked a lot about how great John Cena is. Like, I, I truly believe that John Cena is one of the greatest wrestlers in, in the world. Okay. And he's also one of, I think, the greatest people in the world. Yeah, he, he seems just seems great. like a really, really nice guy. I genuinely think that he really wants to put Shinsuke Nakamura over and be like, I want to give this guy a really good looking match so that he can look really good to this audience. Okay. So he tries to work a Shinsuke Nakamura match and he right. tries to, you know, do all Shinsuke's strong moves style. and stuff like that. Exactly. So one of Shinsuke's kind of trademark things is he does, uh, I believe, what's called an exploder suplex, uh, where he, he grabs John Cena from behind. Well, he grabs anybody from behind, not just John Cena, uh, but throws them over his head and they kind of, the, the, the person being thrown the John Cena in this scenario has to kind of do a, a full backflip and then land on their stomach. That sets them up for the Kinshasa, which oh, is... Oh, I didn't even is, know that. I thought it was just a regular-ass suplex no, that no, no, didn't no. go so good. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a specific kind which involves a certain amount of uh, dexterity, you might say, from the... From, from a the, man who's not as wide as John from Cena. From a man who is not as fucking stocky. From a man that is not built like a truck, as uh, like John Cena is. Right. From a man that can't exactly. transform into a truck. Anyway... Uh, John Cena unfortunately landed right on his daggum neck. Uh, landed this. on like the top of his head. It looked. Painful. It was really really bad. The WWE also immediately showed it like six times in slow motion, which is probably a little bit excessive. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, I I didn't watch the live broadcast of it, but I was like listening to some other folks talk about it, and they were just immediately like, "Let's look at that again!" And like slow motion showed the point where he lands on his fucking skull, and like I don't know, possibly could have. Certainly could have seriously injured himself. I mean, yeah. frankly, it looked like exactly what Kurt Angle did the first time he broke his neck. Like he, Kurt Angle got grabbed around the middle, he got flipped backwards and landed on his neck, and it broke his damn neck. So, uh, really glad to hear that John Cena is seemingly okay. He, well, what actually happened, but we all missed it because it happened so fast. Right, is that when he landed on his head, John Cena actually died and went to hell. Oh, I see. And the only way he could get out is he had to sign a contract to star in the the Transformers prequel. <laughs> he made a deal with the devil himself to come Michael back to Bay. life, and, and he had to he has to be in this fucking movie. <laughs> it's very good. That's very good. Uh, and also, he had to lose to Shinsuke Nakamura. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was two sacrifices he had to make. There was a, a kind Your of wrestling and acting time. career are both over. Yeah, exactly. But in, in in seriousness, uh, one of the cool things about this whole this whole sequence was Shinsuke immediately realized that he kind of I, I don't I don't really think that Shinsuke fucked this up. I think that it was just kind of like John Cena didn't rotate far enough. It, um, it went bad. Something went bad somewhere right, exactly. in between. But like they're both on the ground, and Shinsuke's immediately like looking over at John and like trying to make sure he's okay. They finish up the match. Uh, Shinsuke hits the Kinshasa and gets the pin and gets the win. And they shake hands after the match because they're both good guys. They're both all-American good boys. I Man. don't think Shinsuke <laughs> is, but go ahead. Anyway, they shake hands, and you can see Shinsuke saying, I'm sorry, to John Cena. And the first thing he says is, don't be sorry. And he looks away from the hard camera because he's John Cena, and he knows what he's doing. And he says something else. We'll never know what that is. Fuck you, Shinsuke. Says, Fuck you, you almost killed me, you motherfucker. Um, but, yeah, he, he then, like, puts his hand up and says, you know, don't be sorry, like... I assume he's just saying, like, these things happen kind of thing, which is true. I mean, these things do happen. I don't—nobody was acting maliciously in this situation. It was just, like, a fucking accident that happens when you're in a wrestling ring. This is a great moment because the look on Shinsuke's face is, like, genuine— Yeah, just like sadness. terror almost. Right. Like, yeah, no, terror is not the right word, but, like, like Regret. very real remorse yeah. for, like, he certainly has no intention to hurt this guy. Um, 
and uh, and John Cena is just a class act. Class act. There's like no, there's no other way to put it. John yeah. Cena is like the best dude. So of course something's going to come out soon about how he's terrible to women or something like that, right? Isn't wow. that how these situations Jesus usually work? Christ. Um, I will be a, I, I will be a very, very, very... Well, fuck, if he does steroids, who fucking cares? I mean, also, if you've seen the man, there's, he's probably done some steroids in his life. He's gotten a lot bigger than when he first started at the WWE. Um, whatever, man. If you want to do, if you want to take some steroids, you do your thing. I don't care. Um, anyway. You, you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> Matt Raddick endorsing don't give a shit steroids. About steroids. Could you imagine how much more interesting regular sports would be <laughs> if they everybody just, was on they steroids just open the, the door to it yeah just so oh, do whatever you want carte blanche juice it up there'd be 900 home runs every season <laughs> you know john cena was just in that uh i don't know if you hear about this he was in this tour de pharmacy movie did you hear about this at all uh no is this the one where he transforms into a truck uh no it's 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 the one where he transforms into a bike uh it's a it's an hbo movie uh, starring Andy Sandberg and some other people from the sort of Lonely Island group of people. Okay, yeah. Uh, but it's about, uh, it, it's like a, a mockumentary about a, I don't know if it's specifically the Tour de France or if it's just a general cycling race, uh, but it's talking about, it's like, ma- all the whole thing is just like jokes about like juicing and steroids and stuff like that. So, as, as I understand it, John, I haven't seen it myself, but but we fucking love talking about movies we haven't seen here, so right. it doesn't really matter. But John Cena's character show. is like denying that he that he does steroids, but he's a fucking cyclist that's built like John Cena. Right. Yeah. So he's just like, no, of course I don't. No, very top heavy for a cyclist. Exactly. Which, if he did do steroids, that'd be pretty like kind of ironic right. uh, film choice for him to make. Um, hey, John Cena's a class act. I don't think he does anything bad. Nothing, at all, nothing bad at all. He's a he's an, an all American and a, and, a, and just a great just a great guy. And he put over Shinsuke Nakamura. So anyway, that leads to oh, here's what I was going to say. This moment, this moment at the end of the Shinsuke Nakamura John Cena match to take us back for a moment here, uh, really put in sharp contrast to me the kind of person that John Cena is versus the kind of person that Randy Orton is. Um, and Randy Orton and John Cena have been two of the faces of the WWE for a long, long time. They're like Randy Orton is certainly transitioning away from that role, but these guys yeah, carried the think. yeah these guys carried the company through the the I don't know I guess I'd say early and mid two thousands when there wasn't a lot of shit going on there wasn't a lot of cool people there you know now they're getting into like they've got guys like Kevin Owens and Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor and Seth Rollins to kind of be the new faces the new generation uh, but these are the kind of old guard people that carried them through that time not the old old guard they're not like Undertaker or anything like that I digress. These are two very important people to WWE. Randy Orton also took some pretty severe bumps during the Punjabi prison match. He got busted open by a by a kendo stick. Yeah, that looked rough. And was like his whole arm looked like like it was bleeding and kind of fucked up. He looked like he was kind of favoring it for the entire rest of the match, which don't get me wrong, I'm sure it hurt a lot and I'm sure I would not be pleased if that happened to me. Uh but I also don't agree to wrestle people for a living. Yeah, it's your job, dog. Yeah. You, you know the risks. Exactly. It, it, and I think that, that that's exactly how John Cena felt. It's like, like you could have killed me, but like these are the risks that we take that we, we by choosing here. to be in this industry. Like, this is this is what we do. And so for John Cena to be like, hey, don't be sorry. And then, like, you could see throughout the Punjabi prison match that Randy Orton was pissed at, at Jinder Mahal. He, at one point, he, like, s- said something towards the general direction of the camera, and they had to mute the whole audio because I'm sure, I assume he was cussing about something or swearing about something. He mm. was cussing. I, I, said, miss, I missed all these things. Yeah. It's that attention he always to, just seems angry It's to that me. attention to detail that makes yeah. me one of the best in the biz. Right, yeah. Ron. Anyway, uh, just, sure. just really can't say enough about how great John Cena is. Moving forward, we now have... Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. Yeah, this it's is a pretty surprising because yeah. it's a very it's a which foreign guy do you like more? Well, yes. Is Shinsuke the face in this? Because he doesn't, oh yeah, absolutely. He Shinsuke is super have... super. Well, I mean, Shinsuke is, is is super a face already. How so though? He doesn't really seem to have much personality. He doesn't talk just people, a lot. People love him. That, right. That's why he's baby. Face. Right. But I'm just saying. I mean, like, it's the same reason that like people like to say that Roman Reigns is a heel. Because even though he's booked like a babyface, people hate him. So he's a heel. Okay. But people have my, said that about John Cena. Too. My point is that Jinder spends a lot of time on the mic uh, talking about how America sucks. Right. And Shinsuke spends zero time on the mic talking about anything. <laughs> just He just mostly apologizes to John Cena and then and goes goes home, I guess. I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know anything about Shinsuke. 
Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's a good point. It's going to be really, really interesting to see. There's a lot of interesting things here. It's going to be interesting to see how WWE makes this into a sort of legitimate match. How do they make these two legitimate foes? I'm wondering if they're going to kind of shift the angle on Jinder Mahal at all. And I mean, he can't be an anti-American, right? And, and, and fight and Shinsuke be facing a man who is. 100% Japanese and like Shinsuke's character is not like oh I'm an American now and but I'm you right. know I grew up in Japan and now I'm from America it's like no 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 I'm from Japan I am Japanese being Japanese is a big part of my character as much as being Indian is a part of Jinder's character and so it's like he can't be unless he fucking decides he hates Japan now which I mean that'd be super weird <laughs> be super weird but I guess okay. or, or Jinder will convince him to hate America and then they just won't actually fight in the match and it'll become like a tag they'll just team shake, thing they'll just shake hands in the ring and then proceed to like tear up copies of the constitution and pee on an American flag and stuff like that there you go it'll be great can't wait for it uh yeah so I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do the other thing is like this is the biggest the biggest or the second biggest belt in the company depending on the way you look at things but it almost seems like they're kind of relegating it to a sort of like B level on on the card like they're certainly spending a lot more time I, I i well i guess not saying spending more time but the u.s title seems like a much much bigger feud the, this kind of ongoing feud between aj styles and kevin owens oh absolutely and sort of shane mcmahon there, as there well. is no feud between uh shinsuke and Tinder. yeah there is none i mean so they have they have two weeks to make this they have two weeks to make this interesting right. this, this just seems very it seems like it was supposed to be cena versus gender but like now cena is gonna be a a truck well <laughs> john cena is going to be a truck well the other thing that that's interesting about john cena right now is and you i don't know how much you've heard this kind of rumbling around the internet um well not even the internet they're saying it on wwe programming all the time is they're referring to john cena as a free agent yes i have noticed that. okay yeah so he does whatever he wants he does whatever he wants he turns into a truck when he wants and he dies by turning back into a man once exactly once he, that's how it works yes that, that's how correct. it works yes thank you um, for the recap but yeah so so he's he's talked about as a free agent this kind of came out of a, an interview he had in, in complex where he talked about like how his role is changing how he uh the article was actually mostly about how he is the sponsor for the tap out line of fragrances now and that he helped to design these fragrances but he spent a little bit of time talking about how what are, what are the scents Oh God, I don't know. I'll look them up for you. They are all. He what was one of the best parts was was he described described like what scents he likes and what instances he likes them. I for. like motor oil. <laughs> he talked about one was like good for a. He was like, you know, it's good for like a night out on the lady, like when I'm going out with my fiance Nicole Bella. <laughs> it was funny because oh he was God. like saying like I'm going on dates, but also like I think his character right now is he's supposed to be like very monogamous i'm a married man and like straight tied kind of guy not that i think he's like sleeping around or anything like that but it's like john cena doesn't doesn't have dates you know with with random women he has dates right. with one woman yeah, and, exactly. and goes home with her <laughs> or they get they go home separately because no premarital sex or something like that <laughs> anyway let me look up these tap out scents wait why is he why is he sponsoring tap out that's like a ufc thing right um wwe announced a partnership with tap out like about a year ago. Oh my god! And I don't know what it because I, I thought the same thing. I did think that it was a, a UFC brand, but uh, apparently I'm mistaken. They've been, they've been having a, a partnership for a while. They've they're just so Tapout's just together. a brand. Yeah, Tapout is just a brand. It's not specifically UFC, but they've been working together. For I guess a you while. can tap out in the WWE. Oh yeah, absolutely you can. So the tap the the tap out body sprays are launching at Walmart stores. Okay. In late course. May 2017. So they're out now. Oh, boy. They are apparently $7.98 per bottle. How many are there? There are five. Five cents. All right. Oh, here they are. Five cents. You ready? Yeah. I'm sorry. There are six cents. Defy. Of course. Victory. Oh, come on. These are... Focus. What is that Core. Control. And fuel. They could have done so much better. I hope better. that fuel at least comes with, like a, with a Metallica compact disc alongside it or something like that. I was hoping for like scent of Cena. Oh boy, the the, uh, the this is a, from a fucking press release on PRNewsWire.com. I okay, I found this. The six performance body sprays come in a diverse range of scents, from refreshing and crisp to spicy and musk. Uh. <laughs> and then it lists them: Defy, Victory, Fuel, Focus, Core, Control. So I, as I understand it, 
Uh, if you're looking to sound s- smell refreshing, you go with Defy. But if you're looking to smell musky, you go with Control. Oh God! And it's just, they're just kind of on a spectrum from from refreshing to musk. So if it works, if you want to go out on a date, or if you want to seem like you just woke up in a cabin that you <laughs> have never been to. Exactly. That's that's yeah, that's what I get from it anyway. But more importantly, John Cena is now a free agent um, to go sell scents wherever he wants to, uh, but Good mostly at Walmart stores. Anyway, so there's been a lot of speculation about what exactly that means, and and it doesn't it it certainly doesn't seem like he's just going to kind of flip flop between shows willy nilly. So it, it I think that they're trying to allude to is that he's going to be on Raw soon and and to do something. So there's some speculation that maybe his match at SummerSlam, whatever that will be, will will allude to him being on or will will somehow put him on Raw. So he'll feud with somebody from Raw or something like that. Um, but there's also speculation that they're just kind of like in a holding pattern with him until SummerSlam, and then they'll transition him to Raw after SummerSlam. Maybe he will... Uh... Oh, no, wait. Randy's I mean, going to fight Rusev. Yeah, Randy's fighting Rusev. I was going to say, maybe it was, he'd fight Randy to teach him to respect people of other cultures. <laughs> that'd be that'd Because be a cool John Cena match. respects people of other cultures. That's why he just had a match about, about how America is better than Bulgaria. Well... He respects <laughs> he respects Shinsuke. That is true. He respects Japan. He just he just doesn't respect former Soviet countries. Anyway, geop- geopolitical situations aside, uh, what I think John Cena is going to do, and what most people think John Cena is going to do, is uh, have a match with Baron Corbin. Because after the Shinsuke Nakamura match, Baron Corbin came out to interfere, and he hit Shinsuke Nakamura with his briefcase, and then John Cena came in to defend Shinsuke Nakamura and put Baron Corbin through a table with an attitude adjustment. Nice. I didn't see that. It was like a WWE Network exclusive. Yeah. So the show the show ended with Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, John Cena in the ring holding hands and being happy. And then uh, if you turned over the WWE Network to tune into 205 Live, you would see that Baron Corbin came out and attacked and blah, blah, What blah. is, real quick, what is 205 Live? What is 205? 205 is the weight limit for the cruiserweight division. So you have to be under 205 pounds to be in the cruiserweight division. So is 205 Live just cruiserweight matches? Yes, it is. It is 100% cruiserweight matches mm. for one hour each week. It's weird because the the part of the stipulations of the uh, the raw or the sorry the brand split that happened just after WrestleMania was it then or was it before then? I don't know. Whenever the brand split happened, um, they the raw show got the entire cruiserweight division, but now there's this two or five live show which is also cruiserweight stuff, and it happens after SmackDown. So it's basically just like on Mondays you have cruiserweight matches interspersed throughout Raw, and on Tuesdays you have cruiserweight matches after SmackDown. It doesn't make any sense. But they're Nothing not on TV after SmackDown. They're just on yeah, WWE. Yeah, no, they're not on cable. They're okay. just on WWE. Because nobody Network. watches that. Exactly. Got it. Anyway, nobody watches that show. Um, so you most people probably didn't see this clip. Uh, but yeah, Baron Corbin came out and attacked Shinsuke, and then John Cena told him what's for. And So, so Cena's going to destroy Baron Corbin at SummerSlam, is what you're saying? Yes. And then I think Baron Corbin might cash in the money in the bank at the end um, and move the title off of... I'm thinking what could happen is... Just, this is just me doing some sort of back-of-the-napkin booking here. I think Shinsuke could beat Jinder Mahal to win the title, and then Baron Corbin would immediately cash in and get the belt and, and win the title really? off of Shinsuke Nakamura, which oh, would launch us into wow. Baron Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that would... Uh, it would make a lot of sense. It would, it would, yeah, it with would, their feud. Exactly. Like, they've been feuding for a while, and it... it, it I think it it would make sense. It would be a good ultimate conclusion. I think it would fully... The other thing is it would fully remove Jinder Mahal from the title picture, which I think WWE wants to do at some point. I don't think that they plan on him being a champion forever for a very long time. I don't think they imagine him being a part of the championship sort of picture for very long. Um, I think this was kind of a holding pattern sort of thing of them not really knowing what else to do with it. So, yeah, I think... If 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 Baron Corbin and John Cena is the first match on the SummerSlam card, which I think is pretty likely, I think that could be exactly what they're going to do. Cause then, Such insight. Because then Corbin has time to rest up, take a shower, get his hair greasy again to go cash in his uh, contract at the end what of the night. a gross guy. That's also I... what they did at WrestleMania 31 when Seth Rollins cashed in. Because him and uh, Randy Orton had the, like, the first or second match, and then Seth came out and cashed in at the end of the night. That's my bold prediction. My bold prediction. Is it really bold, or is the WWE just kind of bad at doing? Is the WWE predictable? Yes. yes. 
Okay. But it's 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 taken me taken me years to get to this point where I could predict these things. What else are you looking forward to at SummerSlam? There's one other big match, right? Uh, there's a few other big matches, but I think the 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 next sort of biggest one that I'm looking forward to is also on the SmackDown brand, and that's uh that's AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. Look at this. We normally just talk about Raw for the most part, we but do kind now of it's, now it's that. SmackDown. It's about they got that all Smackdown the guys. Stuff. Yeah, they got all the good guys. They got all the good boys. I mean, I'm also really looking forward to whatever the Usos and the New Day do. I'm also really looking forward to whatever Cesaro and Sheamus do. Um, but I think as far as like things that are actually like for sure happening, AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens is, is definitely the thing I'm looking for. With, Who has the belt right now? Who has the title? You know, it's really confusing because they've changed it about four fucking times in the past I, four fucking I weeks. actually kind of like that they're doing this because really? it's... Really? Okay. So normally it's like, well, from what I've seen, it's like this guy's got it, this other guy wants it, they keep fighting, yeah. and then like... The person who has it retains it, and then at the end, they either lose it or, like, after, like, four or five matches, they either lose yeah, it or they it retain or it, lose it, and then the other guy goes away. Yeah. This is cool, though, because this is more like these are both two really good wrestlers, yeah, and true. they just keep, like, both of them really want the title, and so it keeps going back and forth between the two of them, mm-hmm. you and know, I think it's much more interesting. I, I I agree with the story that you are telling here, but I don't think that that is the story that WWE is telling us because most of these sort of title exchanges have happened due to wacky, goofy shit. Like, the battleground finish was that the the referee got kicked in the face and therefore didn't somehow didn't see that... I forget exactly what happened because this all, this all fucking blurs together. But basically, the referee got kicked in the face, then Kevin Owens got the pin over AJ Styles and won the belt. Um, and it was like contentious because Kevin Owens did some shit or something like that. Then the next week there was a triple threat match between, I don't know if you even saw this between uh, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles and Chris Jericho. Oh, I saw that. Back from the dead. Um, And uh, then AJ Styles won it in that match. And then the, the most recent match that they had this week, AJ Styles won, but it was again because the ref got poked in the eye. And so it didn't didn't see that, uh, that Kevin Owens didn't have his shoulder down. So how did did it actually go in, in battleground? Uh, Kevin Owens won and it was because he knocked AJ Styles into the referee and then, and then it was weird. It was just like a clean finish from there. Like it was just like a, like AJ Styles was definitely legitimately pinned and everything like that. It was just, I think they might've said the referee counted kind of quickly, just the way it all happened. It just didn't seem like it was this, a lot of people have speculated that it was a botched finish because it didn't seem like it was supposed to be, it just all happened very quickly. And it's again, I mean, it's WWE, it's fairly predictable. So like, it just didn't seem like that was the way it was supposed to go. Everybody right, seemed kind yeah. of confused. There's a lot of, like, I hadn't, I didn't hear anything, like, official or see any, like, actual clips of it. But apparently, like, AJ Styles didn't realize that that was supposed to be the finish. And so he was, like, really confused in the ring at the end of the night and stuff like that. I don't know. There was all this kind of stuff going on. AJ Styles kind of always looks like he's confused. Well, you know. It's, it's, a, confu- it's a confusing it's world to live in. <laughs> confused is his aesthetic. So anyway, I agree with what you're saying. Like, these are two world-class pro wrestlers and so like having them work a bunch of amazing matches and trade the belt back and forth yeah that would be a good story but instead of what they're telling is that there's been a bunch of fucking some good matches with some bullshit finishes right. and that's resulted in the title exchanging hands a bunch of times but so i'm sorry who has it right now uh aj styles is the current champion ah, okay. and kevin owens will be wrestling for the championship at SummerSlam, and to solve all this res- this this oh, cockamamie yeah. bullshit about the re- about the referees, they've made Shane McMahon the special guest referee, and which is I, a very fun gimmick that they haven't brought back in a while. It is very fun, but you know, he's probably something's going to happen, like he's going to crash a helicopter or something, oh and gosh. he won't be able to. Uh, he'll have to do like a water landing, and so he won't see what's going on. Or if like that's a helicopter his interest is to gonna... SummerSlam. Is is he he flies a helicopter into the Barclays Center and then crashes it, and then is just like. I'm good. I'm fine. And just like his thumbs up in the middle of the ring. That'd be amazing. You saw the the clip on the news where the the reporter was like, "Are you, are you, are you Shane Shane McMahon's are, son? Are you Vince McMahon's are you son? Vince McMahoon's son?" And he goes, "Yes, I am." And she goes, yep. "Oh, okay. Yes, Someone just told me to ask that." He he didn't seem <laughs> pleased with that question. Uh, Shane McMahon was recently in a helicopter yeah, water if you, landing. If you missed this news blurb, he's fine. He's totally fine. He uh, was was on the local news mo- like seemingly moments afterwards. Yeah, he's totally fine. Yeah. But then the reporter asked if he was Vince McMahon's son, and he didn't seem super pleased with the question. Yeah. But he answered honestly. He did He did answer honestly. Also, the reporter didn't seem to know who Vince McMahon was yeah, or, or why him. Vince yeah. McMahon's son would matter. It, it was, was very funny. Yeah. Um, but he's okay. 
anyway, he's okay, and he uh, he lives to referee a match at SummerSlam. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, it should be it should be interesting. A lot of people are the 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 scuttlebutt is that this is going to lead to some kind of feud between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Oh, probably between which, Shane and somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess Shane and AJ. Well, no, because Shane and AJ Styles just had a match at WrestleMania. They seem to have kind of made up. Okay. Um, sure. But yeah, it's like. I mean, I'm fine with this. I'm, I'm certainly fine with this. There was a lot of speculation that Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon were going to wrestle at SummerSlam, which... It might turn into that. It, it could turn into it. They could certainly uh, throw down, throw throw hands, if you will. Anyway. Um, I will. I don't, I, I, I don't really care to see that match that much. Maybe it'll be cool, but it certainly doesn't feel like justified yet. So I'm glad that they didn't kind of rush it together for SummerSlam. But it also seems like if they're going to hold that match until like WrestleMania, like... August to April is a long time to kind of build a Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens feud. So I don't know if that's really going to make sense. Maybe maybe they'll just kind of have it like disappear and then r- bubble back up around Royal Rumble or something like that. Anyway, um, I don't if know. If they do it, I'm guessing it's going to be a like, uh, Kevin, if you lose to me, then you're losing your job kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. When, when or you get fired. That would be, that would be a pretty, uh, that, that could be a turn kind of thing. I mean, I guess maybe if Kevin Owens is being a real piece of shit. He, that could be like a, a a warranted thing, but like win win or you lose your job, win or you're fired, definitely seems like kind of a heel thing to do. Well, wasn't that wasn't that um what was going on with Triple H and uh, Seth Rollins? Yeah, well, that's true. And I mean, well, Triple H was the heel in that situation, right. so so that would make sense. But sure. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I see Kevin Owens being a, being a babyface anytime soon. We'll see. We shall see. We'll see what happens at SummerSlam. Maybe there'll be some shocking turn of events, but uh. But boy, well, I think that'll I think that'll about do it for us this week, old Ronnie. I think we've covered up all the we've covered all the main news, all the breaking movie news. Yeah. in the world of cinema. Uh, yeah. Sorry, we um didn't put this out on Friday. Yep. Uh, again, we're changing the schedule up, so new episodes should be out on Mondays mm-hmm. or on Sunday morning before pay per view events. Yep, that is correct. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to reach out with us and talk about our new schedule or, or really just say hello, uh, you can reach us at email. Our email is blindtechcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at blindtechcast. And we're also now on Facebook. Go, oh, yeah. Go like us over there. We have a Facebook page uh, that if you just search blindtech, you'll find us on Facebook. I think it's also facebook.com slash blindtechcast. But if Try I'm, it out. If I'm wrong, let us know. send me that 404 screenshot. Please. Thank you to Small Parks for letting us use their, their song Restless as our in and out music. Really appreciate that. And uh, I think that's it. about it. So for this week and every week, my name is Matt Raddick, and I've been your face. My name is Ron Dovolano, and I've been your heel. We'll see you next week. Cause you fall